Hello, everybody out there in podcast land. You may have been wondering, where have I been? Well, I've been right here, waiting for the right time to send what could possibly be the last podcast regarding this book, The Battle for the Seed, The Lost History and the Saved Race by Chris and Guy Pagano. Uh, There are not many pages left before the book concludes. And so this may be the last one as it pertains to my reading of the two books that I've written. This one also was written by my son who helped me. Now the good news is uh, the third book in the trilogy of uh, the story that I've been writing will be out sometime this year. So the so Eternal Destiny series will have a third book. Uh, and uh, so if you stay tuned, if you've been a follower, if you've been listening, as many of you have, uh, don't worry. And on occasion, I'm going to step into the podcast booth again just to give a word that I think God's been uh, putting on my heart to tell. Sometimes... I preach on these uh, podcasts, and uh, sometimes people actually listen to me. And uh, we see no reason to change what we're doing. So, with that being said, I'm here alone, and I'm going to get started. Uh, As the men in the story are finishing up on the ark. Time continued to pass. The pitched boards were nailed into the pitched framing, which was secured to the keel, which was covered with pitch. Pitched beams, ribs, and stanchions were firmly fastened with tree nails that were coated with pitch as well. As the hole rose toward the top of the ark, the floors were finished off too. Although they all felt an urgency and a push to complete the task, they still put a professional artisanship into their handiwork. Some of the wood structures that they created were strikingly beautiful. They would serve as a link, as the only link, and a memory between the old world and the new one to which they were going. In years ahead, said Noah, everybody who sees this ark and the handiwork of the wood will know that not everything in the old world was dark and ugly. This beauty will be a testimony of God's love for whoever sees it. Okay, let me go ahead and explain what's going on and get you started, because you may be like kind of starting cold, get your engine heated up, I'll help you. So the men are building the ark, and if you recall, God said to coat everything with pitch. What is pitch, you may ask? Well, if you haven't listened to any of the previous podcasts, or in case you forgot, pitch was basically a tarry substance, a gooey tar that was that was uh, good for waterproofing uh, the wood that was coated with it. So essentially, the ark was not only made to float and to... Um, to, you know, to take on all of the stormy seas, but being coated in pitch also helped to make it uh, more watertight and uh, 
the boards would be more securely placed, less likely to move with the tossing of the seas because they would be, it was like gluing everything down and then coating it with the glue, except this glue was a black goo known as pitch. Okay, and then on top of that, the men put some of their creative artwork into some of the uh, areas on the ark, like scenes maybe, scenes from the old world, uh, maybe um, some scenes of worship to their God who they were obviously serving and living for. Whatever it was, the ark had some real beauty on it. Okay, let's get back to the story. Of course, the book was going to be on the ark as well, and Noah intended to select his eventual successor at some point after they arrive in their new home. When the situation presents itself, he thought. Now, if you're not sure what the book is, you really need to go back and listen to previous podcasts because the book has been well-established, well-explained, and I don't want to go into it again, but it is an important part of the story. The book. All right, back to the story again. Finally, all three dwelling levels were completed and the pitched roof was installed. The men still had to do the finishing work on their ventilation system. This will provide the necessary air supply and circulation for the crew and passengers, said Shem. With a system of windows which were installed a cubit from the ceiling where there will be cross ventilation of flowing air. In addition to that, these air vents were installed directly under each window. The vents will catch the incoming air and the cool breezes will naturally travel downward through the shafts into the lower levels of the ark. Large floor grates were placed along the walls of each floor to allow for a warm air return to the top in order to complete the air cycle. So what would happen is they put these long shafts of um, pipes-like things, and the air would come in the windows. They were, you know, they were across from each other, so there was a cross ventilation at all times. The air would come in, it would be cooler air, and it would drop down these pipes. These ventilation pipes would then catch the air and direct it downward from where it would be directed to vents on the different floors, like what you have in your house. And then that, that air would be, would be a little bit warmer, and it would start to rise up, and it would cause a circulation of the air. And so no people nor animals were ever gasping for breath, hoping for another gulp of oxygen. It was all provided. With Back to the story. With ventilation, plumbing, sewage, and a watertight vessel built to God's dictated specification, I believe that we can all be extremely confident in our eventual success once the journey begins, congratulated Noah. Japheth remarked, where there once was an uncountable number of stacks of boards and building supplies in a homemade lumberyard, there is now an ark that is visible for what it is. It is a spectacle to behold. 
there in the middle of dry ground, far from any sea, is the largest structure that had ever been built. Let the mockers say what they want to about it for now. So long forever will be our response to them soon. So long. That is true, replied Shem. The preservation of the seed will make it all worthwhile. Let's not begrudge the unbelieving mockers. Doesn't it strike you as being very strange that even with this massive structure being completed in, the, in their midst, that not one in, not in that entire crowd ever considers the possibility of the flood or their own destruction, said Noah. I mean, we keep preaching the flood is coming, and they see the ark now, and nobody, not one person on earth, responded appropriately and got and and agreed with them and, you know, decided to get on the ark. They had unbelieving hearts, and they were not going to give that up. They continued to go about living their lives as if God does not exist, and they are going to live forever and never face the judge. At the beginning of this project, the coming flood was what motivated me to do the work. Now with this ark being plain to see, it should do the same for them. They should all know to repent, replied Shem. Repent, asked the local onlookers who overheard These people are crazier than we ever thought they were, others said. The crowd of gawkers was growing by the day. It was fast becoming a throng. To the family, though, it seemed that the crowd was growing in multitude by the hour. Most of them were there to to spectate and to speculate as to the reason for such a foolish enterprise. More than a few... uh, More than a few of the opportunistic ones sold tickets to the tourists for a chance to stand in the best locations. So people would come from all over to see this ark and to see this crazy family that was building it. And and it became somewhat of a tourist destination. Okay, back to the story. From here you can see the crazy builders and be close enough to heckle them so that they'll be able to hear you, said one advertisement. There is no water anywhere near here, Noah. You must have water on the brain, they yelled. (coughs) The crowd laughed at every taunt. Noah knew that they didn't believe God, neither would they believe him. He just kept pounding in his nails. They thought it strange that he never responded to their verbal jabs and criticisms. He did, however, answer them with his hammer. The pounding, pounding sound of the hammers preached of sin and judgment. Each coated tree nail that held the planks together in the construction of the ark was also speaking of the world's upcoming judgment of their sin and death. The construction sounds seemed to be saying, although without words, everyone will either be in or out. There will be no middle ground. Each person must choose what their future will be. It was just a matter of a short time now. There were fewer and fewer things to be prepared on the ark before it was complete. The next job will be packing everything onto the ark and then wait for their guests to arrive, the women agreed. It is time to load all the food, Noah's wife told her, told her daughters-in-law. 
Noah overheard her and began to consider the food relocation as possibly the biggest, most important job that was still left to do. The warehouse is full of stored food, and it all has to be relocated, she said to the men. In order to do that, Noah gave the command to drop the side door down so that we can use the carts to wheel the food up the ramp and into the storage area. I will get to the te- I will get the teams of oxen together and the biggest wagons that we have so that we can load them up and pull the carts into the designated areas within the ark. It is going to take a few weeks to get all this food that is in the warehouse into the ark, said Ham. The crowd of onlookers watched the transfer of the supplies taking place. They figured out that those crazy people are going to live in that huge barge-looking thing. Someone yelled out to Noah, Hey, Noah, since you're moving, why don't you give me a good deal on the purchase of your estate? Noah heard that comment and started to think. When we leave here, we will never come back to this place. We should sell it. We will not need this property or be anywhere near it wherever we land. I should sell it now and hire some people to assist us in moving the supplies. If possible, we can even buy more food off of them. When he introduced this plan to the other members of the family, they all thought, that idea makes perfect sense. By the time we get out of the ark someday, we will have the whole world to ourselves. The choice property, which is now owned by kings, will be available to us for the taking. We will not be needing our land anymore. So they sold it. Prior to the actual sale, the family discussed that price was not as important as the timing of the sale and terms, allowing them to separate the house, construction area, and the ark from the rest of the estate. These things were not to be included in the estate sale. The rest of the land was the only thing considered for sale, and that did sell quickly. Noah and his family maintained the essential property in the family name. He was very pleased with how they planned to use the money to finish the entire job. Finally, there was a moment of reprieve from all the hectic activities, so Noah and his wife went to visit their grandfather. We haven't seen or heard from him in the past couple of days, he said. Yes, let's fill him in regarding all the latest transactions, he replied. Upon arriving at Methuselah's abode, both Noah and Nema were excited to tell him of the latest transaction and completion of the ark. Now that you are back up and on your feet, you need to come see how far we have gotten. We need your help in organizing the food storage, the animals' locations, and the other last-minute preparations, she said. Let me get my sandals from the back room, and then I will be ready to go, he replied. The husband and his wife noticed a look of apprehension on Methuselah's face as he turned away. He knows he's not going with us, that he will be dying very soon, Noah whispered. Methuselah quickly returned with an uplifted demeanor. I have long desired this day to see God's salvation and to reunite with my father Enoch. Although I will soon be gone, it will not be as as an unbeliever, 
but as the harbinger to the world now and forever, he said. As they arrived back at the ark, all three family members quickly noticed two young lions standing in front of the door of the ark as if they were waiting to be let in. Noah yelled ahead to his son, Is that a male and a female? Shem responded, It is. And while my wife and I were in the fields today, we observed that the animals throughout the area are on the move. We watched as wild and domestic animals alike gathered in groups as if they were being rounded into herds. We stared in amazement at the synchronized movement. Then we saw a powerful-looking angel uh, causing the scene, he said. Shem's wife added, Oh yes, we saw him, a large and powerful angel, skillfully separating the herds and taking two young ones from each type of animal, male and female. The older animals and the herds didn't even react to the taking of their offspring. It was so amazing. Methuselah listened intently and replied, Hmm, I won't have time to eat today. We need to get on board and get started organizing and caging the animals correctly. We are going to be very busy. Noah judged Noah nudged Nama to look into the horizon. Here they come, she said. So many animals are heading this way. They're coming from every direction, she exclaimed. As the day turned into evening, the animals did not stop coming. At times, the line to enter the ark backed up into the woods beyond the house. Methuselah worked energetically to supervise all three levels on the ark and to assist the women as they managed each floor. It didn't take very long for the four of them to get their efforts systematized and working very efficiently. There are so many animals, said one wife, as they looked outside at the lineup. It is going to take days to cage them all. Even with all of our experience, there are just so many more than we have ever worked with at any one time in our lives. It is a good thing that their arrival is somewhat staggered and we are caging them as fast as they arrived, answered Methuselah. If we keep working at a steady pace, we will be just fine, don't worry. If some of them have to spend the night or two outside the ark, they will be fine. They all seem to be the young of their kind. They are not aggressive or diminutive yet, so they are all very predictable and much easier to handle. He knew that everything was in order. The ark is complete. The food is prepared. The animals are here. Noah and his family are ready to go. And my time to die is at hand, thought Methuselah. I might not... I might not make it through this day. The Lord might let me finish placing the animals, but maybe not, he told Nama. I have had a very long and blessed life. So many have turned away from God and joined the line of the Nephilim, but he has kept me pure. I am blessed and so thankful. I wish that I could go with you to the other world just to see it. That is what I have thought about my whole life, and I have prepared myself for this moment. It pains me to know that I cannot go with you, but the seed is safe now. The serpent and his Nephilim can't touch his line. He will be done. His his will be done in my life. Blessed be the Lord. 
Nema began to weep as he discussed his life being at its end. It was bittersweet. It was a bittersweet moment for both of them. We have worked and waited so long for this time, and yet how we will miss him, she thought. The Lord gave the order. Go get him. It is time to bring judgment and salvation. Michael was dispatched to gather Methuselah's soul and ushered him and usher him to the abode of God. Methuselah was faithful as his father was, a general in my army. I am sending an archangel for him, God said. As Methuselah was helping Nama close the dove's birdcage, his heart stopped beating and he fell to the ground. Nama cried out for help, but it was too late. There was nothing that anybody could do to bring him back. Methuselah was 969 years old, and everybody in the family knew the prophecy about him. They all knew what was happening and why. We have to bury him and thank God for his life, said Japheth. We must do it quickly. Ham asked his father if that would be a good idea or not. We must respect the faithful departed. We owe him that, he replied. While the wives were finishing up with the animals, the men dug a gravesite just beyond where the, la- the latest arriving animals were standing. Noah's sons were obviously upset, but not quite like they were with the death of Lamech. I always knew that Grandpa Methuselah would go, wouldn't be going with us, but I had hoped that Grandpa Lamech would cross over to the new world with us. But it was not to be, lamented Shem. While Noah was thanking God for his faithfulness in the life of Methuselah, the earth began to tremble. He and his sons could hear all the mockers who showed up daily off in the distance as they cried out in terror. The ground shook and quaked lightly for a short time and was followed by a second tremor a few minutes later. What was that? asked Shem. They would soon find out that many more were to follow and grow increasingly violent. That was the beginning, answered his father. As the men were finishing up their duties at the gravesite, God spoke audibly to them. It is time for you, to, you and your wives to enter the ark. I have seen that you are righteous and faithful and have done everything that I commanded you to do. A few animals are yet to arrive at the ark. In seven days I will send the rain and the floodwaters. I will cause it to rain for forty days and forty nights upon the whole earth. Every living thing that I made will be destroyed, but you alone, along with your family and the animals with you in the ark, will I save. The men and women knew that the time was here, and that everything they have done was going to be used to save them and the future of mankind both now and for eternity. Because of the ark and God destroying the work of Satan and the sons of Anak, the seed will come and stomp the old serpent's head. Death will be defeated and life will reign forever. Okay, everybody out there in podcast land, that is the end of the book, The Battle for the Seed, The Lost History and the Saved Race. You can buy it on Amazon and you can... Read it for yourself and go back and listen to these podcasts starting at book one, episode one. But the times we live in with the whole thing going on with Russia and Ukraine, 
there are many, many people who think this is the beginning of the end for us as well. That this may be the time where the earth is trembling in your life. And these are the these are the tremors that are going to bring the Lord's return back during your lifetime. Will you be ready when he comes? Will you be in the ark of Jesus and safe from the destruction that follows once we leave here? And so that's for you to think about. And if you are not right with God through Jesus, call upon him today. So this is Chris Pagano, uh, author of the Eternal Destiny series and the books, The Battle for the Seed, uh, and So Shall It Forever Be. Uh, And so stay tuned. Tell your friends about this podcast. Get them listening as well. I appreciate each one of you who's ever listened and thought about some of the things that we presented. And stay tuned as well in the future as book three is on the way. Good night.